I'm, I'm expecting good things, good reports. Hallelujah. Good reports. And those good things happen in the middle of bad things. Hallelujah. Could somebody step out of the usher, step out of the hallway and tell everybody that's out in the hallway, get into church. Say, Bishop got something he wants to say. Y'all can preach later. I'm going to wait. Hallelujah. Know it's important. Everybody say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Genesis 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You know, we, we teach this like this. In public speaking, you build you a little platform. <clears throat> and you, uh, you build on that platform. You don't say really what you want to say until you get it built up to the right point. And nobody's going to listen. But you know, when God says something, he doesn't need to build a platform. He doesn't need to get us to the point where we, no, no, no. He just started the very, because he's God, he doesn't need to. He just said, he's the very first verse, the book of beginnings, in the whole word of God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, you know what? People have a big struggle with that. And he just lets them fight among themselves, fight on the inside, question all of that, doubt all of that, throw it out the window. But when they all get done, it's still forever settled. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And verse 2, <clears throat> and the earth was without form and void. Let that little word void just stick in your brain highlighted or underlined it in your mind at least amen it was void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God here we go here where the spirit comes in it was real earth I don't know how he created it don't claim to know that don't know if it was seven you know days in the week like we got 25 I don't know if each day meant a thousand I don't know I don't claim to know you know, Bible school days, you discuss all of those things, everything from that to if Adam had a navel or not, and, it, you know, some of it don't really matter. <laughs> all is important questions. It, the thing that really matters is that God created it. He did it. Whether it was a process of time or whether it all just happened in a week, I don't, or, or you know, six days and he rested on the seventh. Amen. But darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Amen. All of that is a type of us. Amen. Void. Darkness. What does darkness mean? You can't see in the dark. Blind. All right. But when the Spirit moved, that's why that we, you know, we, I, mean, I know we're a little far out. I understand that. But that's why we always open the altars. That's why we always encourage people to make their way to the altar. That doesn't have to be this altar. Your altar can be right where you are. Your altar can be at home. It can be at the kitchen table or the kitchen sink or the bedroom. It doesn't matter. I understand that. But we have to get in touch with the Spirit. Amen. To counterbalance this human nature, Brother Johnson, that's always struggling with the things of the Spirit. Amen. So we need, we need a move of the Spirit. That's why the Bible said you must, everybody say you must, worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
Got to have both. Either one, you'll be overbalanced. If you just get truth, you'll just be an educated idiot. You just get spirit, you'll just be, you know, we meet people, they're out there in la-la land somewhere. Everything's spirit. No, it's not. It has to be a balance. We have to have a, we have to have a vertical relationship with God Almighty. Our prayers go straight to God. His answers come straight to us. But we also have a horizontal relationship this way and this way because we have brothers and sisters that's why we don't pout didn't get my way stop it get ready there will be a lot more times you won't get your way just threw that in won't charge you anything extra for that amen why don't we do this before I get going look around smile at somebody shake their hand if it's if it's convenient if you can reach them amen praise the Lord welcome to Christian revival so get ready for God to do something for you hallelujah amen amen Wes good to see you guys amen Dustin and Wes good to see y'all they can't hear me <laughs> you may be seated God bless you Hallelujah. In verse 2 of our text, the word void is used, which simply means empty or vacant. That's what the, God had created it, but it was, it was void. It was empty. When something is vacant or when it is empty or void, it means there is nothing in it. Nothing. Hallelujah. Thus the title of this message. Nothing. <laughs> Somebody said, what's you, what you preaching? I said, nothing. <laughs> really? In fact, I think Sister Debbie, when my wife texts the message over from the house, because she puts it in the bulletin. <laughs> like, oh, he's not preaching? Oh, yeah, he's preaching. It's in parentheses. See? Nothing. That's what he's preaching. I mean, I didn't mean for it to be hilarious or funny, but it, it comes across like that. But when we look in the dictionary and try to define the word nothing, I mean, we get definitions like no thing. We get definitions, you know, like not anything. Something that does not exist. That's just what Webster says. Amen. I mean, nothing is, you know, we may not can define it really good, but we all know what it means. You know, when you run out of something, you're like, I have nothing left. And uh, amen. Uh, you know, we can't do much with nothing. Uh, you know, I may just jump right into this without stringing it all out. And, and if, if there was ever a time, since there's a real God, a spiritual God that blesses us and touches us and we feel his presence and, and there's a whole book about him, uh, we can't leave out the fact that the same book talks about an enemy. And, and one of the, he does a lot of things, but one of the things he does to discourage us is tell us that we will never accomplish anything, we'll never amount to anything, you'll never have any money, you'll never have any friends, you can never have happiness, you were born on the wrong side of the tracks, and that's where you will stay. The, you know, the, these kind of things are, are what comes across from our enemy. Amen. Amen. And so he will tell us we are nothing. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says agree with our adversary. And he says do it quickly. The enemy will fight you and argue with you and battle with you. But when a person, when you fight back, 
then, you know, it just continues. But when you agree, God understands this. When we agree, say, yep, you know what? I am a nobody. <laughs> You're right, devil. I am a nothing. What, he doesn't know what to do with that. You know, there's some people who really know how to fight, know how to argue. You know, they can give you a tongue lag. But, and when you, when you agree with them, it ends it. It stops it right there. Boy, what a, you know, what a tactic. What a, you know, what a battle strategy. And God knows that. Amen. And so he will tell us. He will bring us down and tell us how low we are and how no good we are and how we'll never accomplish anything in this life. Amen. But, you know, we have to have something in our human thinking and, of course, looking at a definition. You know, we, we have to at least have something to start with. If we're going to build something or make something, or I've said it myself, you know, you, you just, you know, I, I don't see much here. I don't see much potential in a person or something. And so that's our human nature at work. But you see, God has a whole different concept of nothing. Nothing is the building material for whatever he desires. See, I understand we can't wrap our brain around that too quickly and too easily and maybe never, amen, maybe that's one of those things we just have to take by faith, amen. In the beginning, God stood on nothing and spoke to nothing and said, let there be, and it was, and it still is. There's scriptures that tell us not only did he create it, but he's holding it all up by his authority and by his power, amen. In the beginning, it was nothing. And that's what God started with. But it was all that he needed. He didn't need anything else. Well, we've got to have this. Got to. Well, God doesn't need all of that. And so what does that mean? That means that he can take me a nothing, a nobody, and do whatever he wants to with it, whatever needs to be done. And I want everybody in this room to get this. Maybe you've been down. Maybe you've, you know, you just kind of been going through it, through the meat grinder lately. And maybe that's all part of it. But if whatever condition or predicament you might find yourself in, amen, wherever you are in your spiritual walk with God, if you can just understand to God, that's the building material right there to do a miracle. To create something, start something, build something that is worthy, amen, amen, of his presence and his power. Hallelujah. Amen. Good things can take place. Praise God. Amen. He spoke in the midst of all of that nothing and he put stars, they were created and put in their right place. He spoke again and the seas and the mountains were formed and, and all life began. Just him speaking, starting out with nothing. Amen. He is still speaking. Through his eternal word. The Bible said it's forever settled. Amen. When he speaks, when we read it, it comes through a human, it comes through a human voice. That's why it's so good to praise out loud and to pray. I'm, you know, if you pray anyway, if you pray silent, that's good. Anyway you pray. But to me, amen, we need to let it come out. Well, you know, nobody would say, oh, that's a beautiful song, but I sing it silently. Some of us need to keep that up. But, but, but you hear a beautiful song, you know, you hear a beautiful song because it sounds good. And it'll get in your feelings and it'll get down in your feet and, and, and it gives you goosebumps. You know, just, you know, we can relate through music and song. Amen. So prayer is the same way. You know, nothing like saying, oh God, there's no God like you. I love you, Lord. Somebody needs to learn, if you haven't learned yet, how to talk to him. 
You know, I love my kids, Sister Carol, all of them. They can get anything I've got. But you know what? There's still enough of Southern hard-headedness in me, I guess, that not a one of them is going to come to me and say, I demand you to do this for me. Even if they needed it, you know, I'd probably just stiffen my neck and say, guess what, buddy? Guess what you're getting out of me? <laughs> you, you can't draw a big enough zero. Amen. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's my human nature, I already admitted. <laughs> but, but, but any one of them can come to me and say, Dad, you know, I really need your help. I, I feel like since we're created in God's image, Brother Green, not only his image, but I feel like, you know, in his likeness, I feel like not only our outside and the way we look, but I feel like our very soul and our spirit in us has a semblance of God. And so we can be touched we can be moved and we can be stirred. Well, Dad, I really need your help. You know, I will turn my pockets wrong side out. I will go to the bank and whatever we've got in there, I'll just give it all away. Why? They're my kids. And so when we talk to God, oh, God, I love you. I, you know, I, I've known wives. In fact, I've, I've known a couple of them that said, you know what? You know, I love my husband, but I don't need him. You know, that's just, that's a certain level you go to, you know? I, yeah, yeah, I love him, you know, but I don't need him. But you know, what? the good part is when, honey, I love you and I don't know what I'd do without you. I, I wouldn't want to live in this life without you, baby. I got used to you being around now. I don't, there's no way that I want you to leave. No way. I, I not only love you, but I need you. You tell God that and you see if God doesn't come immediately to your rescue. Maybe some of us are praying wrong. I'm gonna pray and just see if God's gonna do anything. I, you know, I'm just gonna pray and see if this God stuff works. Mm, okay, God, come on. Yeah, guess what? He ain't gonna move for you. Okay, God, come on, I'm waiting. One of your kids do that, guess what? Big zero. Go ahead and wait. It do you good. I'm gonna have a cup of coffee while you do that. <laughs> no, no. We pray with passion. We give our love to. Him. That's where sacrifice comes in. That's why coming to church, even when you don't feel like it, Amen. You just show up. You enter into His gates with thanksgiving, onto His courts with praise, Amen. I love you, Lord. I desperately need you, Amen. That's when God He inhabits the praises of His people. It's where he lives. That's his address. When's the last time we lifted our hands and didn't ask him for anything? We just said, God, I just want to tell you that I love you. I just want to give you honor. I want to bless your name for a while and get his presence moving. He'll come see about you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Boy, I feel like preaching this. Listen, listen. God doesn't need the latest miracle drug. He does it all with nothing. Amen. He can move that little baby. Somebody prayed. Touched heaven. It went right in. Amen. Sister Melissa, I feel like when you went down, amen, and we were all believing God, I saw lady, Sister Nicole, it went back, amen, where Sister Guadalupe was, put their arms around her, prayed with her. The Bible said he is not a God that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. 
In other words, he, that's kind of said, spoken in King James, you know, English, and it's kind of roundabout to say it. It meant that, yes, he can be touched when we are broken and stirred and hurting. Amen. And that's what happened. We hurt with this precious person. Amen. And Sister Donna, amen, we were praying for you just as much. Amen. Our hearts went out. Amen. But when Melissa touched her and I saw them weeping, God said, I can be touched by the feelings that you have when you're hurting. It's good to know these things. He said a broken spirit, a contrite spirit. He would in no wise turn away. That, that simply tells me that he's going to come see about you. I'm, I'm happy that I know this. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen. God can do anything he needs to with nothing. He can reach right into nothing. He can get a hold of a door handle that does not exist. He can swing the door open. Amen. Amen. That's not even there. The Bible said he can open up heaven and pour out a blessing upon us that we won't have room enough to receive. He starts out with nothing. And he brings about whatever he needs to. Amen. He can make a way, the Bible says, where there seems to be no way. I want to build somebody's faith. I want to encourage somebody today that's being beaten up by the enemy. Amen. And told you'll never amount to anything. Hey, let me just do this. Maybe he's telling somebody that's got to be somewhere else. You know, Brother Johnson, there's a scripture, amen, Jesus told his disciples in the last days, he said, people are going to say, lo, here's Christ, lo, there's Christ. He says, go not after them. Now, there's a lot of things we can get out of that verse and that scripture, but one of the things I can get out of is this, simply this. You don't need to go anywhere to get anything from God. Right where you're standing, right where you're sitting, that's what, that's what I get out of that. You don't have to run off somewhere. Amen. You can release your faith and believe this almighty God that's merciful and kind and good and long-suffering. And he will reach you and touch you. Why don't we do that? Hallelujah. Why don't we just reach out to him? Amen. Listen, the clo- we got to understand this. The closer we are to nothing, the more powerful God is in our lives. The less we can do. Now, no, no. I understand we're trained in this country. I mean, our kids, when they start, we start telling them how special they are, you know, and how beautiful they are. I'm guilty. Amen. I sing, you know, I sing to my my beautiful little new granddaughter. And, uh, you know, I I sing old uh, rock and roll songs. (laughs) You are so beautiful to me. She'll just look at me like I just fell out of a tree or something. And then I say, can't you see? Pretty sound pretty good. Let me get in this monitor and hear myself. But you know, I, I confess, when she was born, people would say, oh, she's beautiful. I said, I know she's so beautiful, but even if she was ugly, we would think she's beautiful. I'm blinded. Amen. (laughs) That's how we are. Hallelujah. Why don't we do that for Jesus? Hallelujah. Amen. The smaller we are, the bigger he is. The weaker we are, the stronger he is. I mean, listen, the the potential is not in us. The potential is in God. I know that's hard to make that transition. 
But that's how it is. Amen. In Luke, in Luke the fifth chapter, verses four and five. Do we have that scripture back there? Luke, Luke chapter five. Watch this, verse four. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon. Now this is the he had been teaching. Jesus was teaching on the on the bank of the Galilee, and uh, his disciples had been out fishing, and so they brought their boats in. The crowd was so big that he decided to get in the boat and push out a little ways and then preach back to all the multitude of people. They were crowding him. Amen. And so here he was, verse 4, and when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out, he's already on the boat, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. In other words, you know, we're going to go fishing. And, and look at verse 5 here. You want to talk about how human and how carnal people are here's the man that God eventually gave the keys to the kingdom and here he was amen what's watch his response and Simon answered and said unto him master we have taught now and it, you, you know when you read that you can't you can't get the expression that I'm given but when you fished all night long and taken nothing I kind of feel like there was a little expression in it in, in fact, that's how the kind of, kind of guy Peter was anyway. You know, he spoke his feelings, and, and that's how he was. He said, he said, Master, we have toiled all night, and we have taken nothing. But, but, but you know, but he said, nevertheless, <laughs> at thy word, I will let down the net. Listen, in, in the verse just prior to that, I mean, to our text, Jesus was in the boat with Peter. I mean, what more do we need if Jesus is in the boat with us? I mean, if you're sick in your body, if you have financial situations, if you have a sin problem, I mean, just get Jesus in the boat with you. It'll all take care of itself. Amen. Now, just threw that in. They had fished all night, had taken nothing. Peter had every right and every reason. Don't, let's don't go to knocking Peter right now. I know he was the open mouth, insert foot kind of guy. If you read the, the stories about him and he spoke out of turn, I understand that. Amen. But he had every right to feel like it would be a waste of time and a waste of energy, amen, to go back out and let the nets down again. And he expressed that. But master, we've toiled all night and we, we, we didn't catch a fish. Amen. Would it, would it not be fair to say that Peter had no faith in what he was commanded to do? I believe it would. I mean, I'm just looking at the story here. Now, I know that we preach. I mean, I mean, this is exactly what it looked like to me. That he had no faith. And, you know, so doesn't that mean that nothing happens that's productive or profitable when you have no, I'm a, I'm a, I claim to be a faith preacher. I, I wouldn't get off, I know that people would get off into prophecy and I know that we sat around and tried to figure out when God was coming back and had it down to a T there a few times, Brother Green. But the date passed by and, you know, and he didn't come. In fact, the Apostle Paul thought God was coming back in his day. And so there's people right now, they just, ooh, they just big in this. You know, the blood moon's going on right now, and some, somebody's teaching that. And I've read some of it. Got good history, refreshing history, you know, on the Jewish people and all the calamities and stuff. Interesting stuff. But, but we've been around long enough not to buy into all that. You know, you know hey, oh, maybe he will. I don't know. This is the year. Y'all know that. This is the year. 
He's coming because of all of that. You know what? He may do that, but he won't come back because of all of that. And there's people got it figured out, so-called. All right. Hallelujah. But we, but we preach that you, that you have faith and it moves mountains and it does wonderful things and, and heals cancer. And, and I'm not stopping that, but, but I, this is a case where Jesus told Peter to launch out in the deep. And it looks to me like Peter had zero faith. He argued against God. But he said, nevertheless, amen, let's, we'll just go ahead and do it. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that it looks like that God can do some things with nothing. I wonder why that is. Because somehow, Brother Ruck, somehow in the process, when God does something like he did, I mean, Sister Donna called me, and, and I'm trying to say, you know, yeah, bring it, you know, look what I did. I said, bring, bring her here, and we need to pray for her. And then we all prayed, but I see, I was a part. It's just hard for me not to get some kind of honor and some kind of glory out of what happened in Sister Guadalupe's body. See what I'm getting at? So you know what God will do once in a while? God will prove to everybody around us and everybody in the world that guess what? We're not such a great guy and we don't have any faith and we still mispronounce words. But you know what God does? He just does it anyway. He just starts with nothing. That's what's so wonderful and awesome about this God that we're serving. I'm gonna prove that just a little bit more, I promise you. I'm not gonna preach much longer, but, but we need to get this concept. We need to get this in our lives. I think it'll be much better for us and we can be blessed, amen, amen. So, so, so we preach, you get faith, you, you know, whatever you preach in faith, that's what you get. If you don't have any faith, you don't get anything, amen. But, but, but it, it's like God made an exception and, and, and he just reached around this, this lack of faith. Amen. I mean, he looked beyond human weakness and, and he supplied a need right here. I mean, those guys, obviously, that's what they did for a living. They, that's how they, they needed to fish, but yet they had, and they had bills to pay, apparently, and, but they had taken nothing. That meant no paycheck. And so Jesus supplied a need. In verse 5, when Peter made his complaint about the directive Jesus had given him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. You know what it said right here? If you read that passage, Jesus said, launch out in the deep and let down the nets, plural. And Peter went ahead and launched out. But the Bible says, very clear, he let down the net, singular. So what does that tell you? That tells me that he was a little bit, he was obedient, but he was a little bit half-hearted. It's like, come on, folks, let's have a, a worship and a praise service. It's like, you know, like, okay, pastor, we'll do that. You know, we'll do our, we'll do our little Pentecostal patty cake for Jesus. And then we'll say, oh, Jesus, hallelujah, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And we'll do it just right. And then we'll have a new convert come in, and they're going like this. Oh, hallelujah, we love Jesus. You know? <laughs> and they run the aisles and they shout well, which, well I'm not going to don't raise your hand I'm not going to point anybody out amen but just ask yourself the, what, which one am I am I letting down one net or am I you know am I, am I going ahead and letting down the nets that's what he said let down the nets hallelujah amen 
Amen. It, it, so he was just half-hearted about it. The command was let down your nets, plural. But Peter let down. The net. You know what happened, though? Even with a, okay, get ready, even a half-hearted obedience. God is so merciful. That one net that was let down, if you read that passage, it filled, so, had so many fish in that net. Fishes everywhere. That they had to call for another boat that was nearby to come. And the Bible says it filled both of those boats. They were breaking the net. The net was breaking. It was so much, so many fish. That they filled both boats and the Bible said they were about to sink. In fact, I think King James said they were sinking. I'm wondering what would have happened. I mean, we get a blessing. We get a miracle here and there. But I'm wondering what would happen if we let down every net we got. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know, when Peter saw this, this is the reluctant man. This was the doubtful man. Amen. He had nothing in his spirit. He was weary in his body. And by the way, that will, that will affect your spiritual. They're, they're just very closely connected. Your spirit and your body. That's why we tell young people and everybody else, don't stay up all night on Saturday night. When you do finally drag yourself out of bed to come to church on Sunday, you're not worth very, you don't have much to offer God. I see people dragging in here, wiping their eyes, sleep out of their eyes, just barely here. You know what they're doing? They're letting down one net, little net too, little, little net. Because they gave all of their energy all weekend, traveling all over creation, amen, and didn't think about God and the calling they have right here in Christian Revival Center, amen. Listen, we need to realize that we are nothing and that's all right because Jesus is everything. Hallelujah. Amen. If we could, if we could grasp, if we could grasp, I, I'm going to call this a fundamental truth. If we could get a hold of this, revival will happen and miracles will happen in our own lives if we get this. I know I'm nothing, but God is everything. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Very, very plain statement here. He didn't beat around the bush when he said this. Without me, you can do nothing. But two verses later, he makes it very clear that the, the opposite is also true. He said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. No, what are you doing? I'm just hanging on. I'm just abiding. Abide means to stay. Stay put when the wind gets to blowing and the storms happen in your life. When you feel like just, you know, giving up and, you know, just cashing it all in. No, 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 no. No, just abide. Just hang in there. Just show up. Amen. And he said, if you devil's mad and my battery's dead. <laughs> Maybe that's a time to quit. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul wrote one. 
to one of the churches. can't remember which one it was. Paul said this. I think he had it. I think he got it. He said, I was determined to, not, to know nothing among you. I was determined to know nothing among you. Remember one of the prophets said, I don't know when to come in. I don't know when to go out. Woe is me in the presence of the Lord. I think he had it too. I think it was Jeremiah or Isaiah. Amen. Hallelujah. In other words, Paul was saying, I didn't want you to be impressed with my wisdom. I didn't want you to be impressed by how much I know. And then in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, amen, verses 4 and 5, one of our famous quotes, but I'll read it. He said, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdoms, wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And in verse 5, he says, That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. In other words, Paul was saying, I didn't come to show you who I am, but I came here, amen, to show you who he is. Hallelujah. You know, you know, there's a thank you, sir. You're welcome. You know, when when Paul and Silas was thrown into the Philippian jail, and I'll close with this. Uh, they were thrown in there because they cast a devil out of some young lady there that was following them around. So apparently it was against the law to cast out devils. And so they were thrown in jail. Not, in fact, not in jail. They were taken into the deepest, darkest inner prison. It was roach infested. They had rats. It was dark. These were two preachers, two apostolic preachers. And they were... Before they did that, they beat them. Their backs were bloody, and they were placed in that prison. Now, I don't know what kind of conversation they had, but I do know the story as we read the story. Uh, you know, Philippi was, you know, it was a Palestinian city, and it was, uh, you know, in Syria, in the Syria area of Syria. And I know those borders have changed over the centuries. But, but that's where they were. They were in this foreign country preaching to the Gentiles. But Rome had authority over all that, the Roman Empire. And so everybody feared and respected the Romans. Well, guess what? Paul was a Roman citizen. Now, he was preaching an apostolic Jewish connected apostolic doctrine here. Amen. But here he was thrown in prison. Now, I don't know how the conversation went, but and even if it happened, but it seems to me like maybe Silas, here they are bloody, they're in pain to say the least, their feet are in shackles or in stocks. And the lights went out when they shut the, it was dark. And finally Silas might have said, Paul, why didn't you tell them that you're a Roman citizen? Why didn't you say something? Now, I don't know how Paul answered him. I don't know if the conversation even happened. But later on, Paul did tell him after they got out. After the earthquake and the jail broke open and he got to baptize the jailer and all of his whole household in the name of Jesus. Holy Ghost revival took place. You know, Paul later on might have said, you know, Saul, so, you know, Silas, 
guess what? We wouldn't have had a revival. We could have kept ourselves out of jail. Right. Yep. Come on. Brother Jay, I've, I've been riding with Pentecostal preachers. You let the blue lights start flashing, speeding a little bit. They don't pull out their driver's license. They pull out their ministerial license. I'm a minister, you know. And guess what? There's a lot of, now not so much in Maryland, but if you're in the, they probably put you in jail if, here if they, if they find out you're a preacher. But, but in the South, it goes a long way, like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, you know, I, I didn't understand. I didn't realize you was a pastor. And, and just, you know, lots of people do that. I've never, I'm kind of proud of myself, but I've never told anybody the few tickets I've got, never told them I was a preacher. Never. No, I'm going to start either. I want to be like Paul. I'm not telling them I'm a Roman citizen. It'll get you out of all kinds. Because you know what? You know what that would have done? That would have showed the world what Rome can do. I want us to get this, folks. If I'm going to be an apostolic preacher, if I'm going to help you and preach to you, I need to let you know this. We're not trying to tell people what Rome can do. We're trying to tell people what Jesus can do. I'm not telling them I'm a Roman citizen. Revival broke out, as you well know. I believe the 15th chapter of the book of Acts. Read it for yourself. But folks, listen. You can say you have nothing. You can be convinced of the enemy, and maybe he's right that you're nothing and you have nothing. That's okay. We got a God that created all this, started all. That's what he started with, nothing. So guess what? He can take whatever I have or what I don't have, and we can be healed, and we can be blessed, and we can have revival. We can pay the bills, Sister Debbie. <laughs> well, how much money you got? Well, I don't have anything. Well, you say, I don't have two nickels to rub together. Pulled out a dollar bill one time. You know, I had a cousin. He was poor as Job's turkey. He said, let me see that dollar bill. He says, is that George Washington? I said, yes. He said, the last time I saw him, he had a T-shirt on. <laughs> Broke. No money. But guess what? It doesn't stop God. Somebody used to say, they hold George till he, till he squeals. Choke him to death. I'm holding him so. No, let him go. Because we don't need him either. God wants to give revival. God wants to keep blessing. He wants to show his power, his love, and his mercy. Hallelujah. Glory. You know what? Listen, this time I'm going to do this a little different. Anybody want to just give thanks and praise to God? I don't even want to call it an altar call. You can come forward. You can stay where you are. And let's just pep it up a little bit. How about let's just, I want to just pat my foot. I don't know. I don't even know what song. Anybody? That's all we're doing. God, we just want to thank you for allowing us to live another day. Allowing us not only to live, but come into your presence. Amen. And give praise and honor to you. Brother Terry, I'm so glad to see you today. I'm, I, listen, if you don't have a ride, call me. I'll personally come get you. I'm, I, I want to do that. Hey, by the way, is anybody making the list? Sister Thompson, remember? You know, I feel it was the Spirit leading, leading her when she told us, Amen. Make, Sister Donna, I knew you would. I, I've got a mental list. I need to start writing it down. The list of what, not what we're going to do for ourselves. You know, in New Year, we just decide we're going to lose weight and we're going to quit smoking and we're going to not drink anymore and we're going to come to church. You know, all this, you know, all the stuff you do. You know, all that's good. But it's all about us. Make a list of things that you want to do for someone else. An unselfish 
list. Maybe we can think about that just a little bit. But right now, we're going to give honor. I need help up here. Amen. Amen. Anybody feel like just giving him praise? Join with us. And let's do it. Hallelujah. Join with us. Is Lord forever. One day every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Oh, every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ. One day every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is Lord forever. Oh, lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. But worship is the way This is the way that we fight Hope and praise I said I just can't stop Praising His name I just can't stop I can't stop I won't stop Oh yeah I can't stop Praising His name I just can't stop Praising His name, I just can't stop Praising His name, Jesus Oh, I said, I, I gotta praise I gotta praise and I gotta let it out I gotta praise Yes, I said, I, I gotta praise I gotta praise and I gotta let it out I gotta praise I said, I just can't stop I can't stop Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, Jesus. I said I just can't stop. I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, Jesus. I said I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, Jesus. I said I just can't stop. Just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody give Him a praise. Oh, I worship You, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Bless your name, Lord. I bless your name. Hallelujah. What a man. What a message. Hallelujah. That was a come on. We heard a masterpiece this morning. Amen. If you can ever get that in your spirit. What does God need to do something for me? He don't need anything. <laughs> How is this all going to work out? You don't need nothing. 
All I need is Him. Come on. Amen. I, I'm just going to keep praising Him. I'm going to keep worshiping Him because He's the one that can make the difference. Amen. I, I don't know how to close out this service. We're just going to worship Him for a few more minutes. Amen. If you haven't got what you need yet, I just wonder if you just take a few minutes to tap into Jesus, get a hold of Him before you leave today. Amen. But worship with us. Well, yeah. Oh, I said I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. Yes, I said I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta let it out. I gotta praise. Oh, I said I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta. I gotta praise. Oh, I said I, I gotta praise. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I gotta pray. Oh, lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing for clap your hands. Oh, blow the trumpet and shout. Oh, we pray. Oh, the weapons we use, sing the weapons we use are not bombs and Worship is the way. Oh, this is the way that we fight. Oh, we pray. I said I just can't stop. I just can't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. I won't stop. I can't stop. Oh, yeah. I won't stop. Praising His name, I just can't stop. Praising His name. Just can't stop praising his name, Jesus. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ. Come on, do you believe that? Sing, every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ. Lift up your voice and lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet and shout. Oh, we're praising for the victory. I said the weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Oh, we're praising. I said I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. I said, I just can't stop. I just can't stop. Praising his name, I just can't stop. Praising his name, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, I can't stop praising you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You're dismissing the fear of the Lord. Bible quizzers, we'll go ahead and get started here in a few minutes. And uh, youth, we're going to leave here as soon as Bible quizzing practice is over. So, God bless you.